Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Happy first day of the week. Well, the first weekday of the week. I think weeks always start on Sunday, but here it is Monday, and I hope you had a great weekend. I did, and I'm uh, hoping that you uh, have had a great day so far. It is beautiful here in the Twin Cities. It's always nice to enjoy that beautiful, balmy summer day where you don't really need the air conditioning on. The windows alone just really are that breeze blowing in. It's, It's been a beautiful day. And I've got a lot to be thankful for, as I do every day, regardless of the weather. I'm I'm not much of a weather person. I like kind of, I'm I, I'm not an outdoorsy guy. I'm an avid indoorsman. I think that's what I am. Anyway, I've got a great show. Patrick Albanese will be joining me in just a minute, and to get things started. And then I'm going to be joined by the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B will be part of that in hour two. Uh, Ruth Graham, one of Billy and Ruth's daughters, will be joining me. She's written a new book called Transforming loneliness, deepening our relationship with God and others when we feel alone. And then my favorite Greek geek, uh, Chris Palmer, is going to come on the program at uh, 5.30, and we're going to talk Greek. It's always fun to learn Greek. I think it's important as we study God's Word to learn as much Greek as we can, so that's why I've asked Chris to sort of be semi-regular. But speaking of regular, uh, Patrick Albany's is on every week. (laughs) (laughs) And I shouldn't have started it that way. I'm probably in trouble now. That's right. I'm a regular guy. <laughs> I hear roughing it for you is pitching a tent in a suite. <laughs> that is, that, yeah. Or if they... Well, you never take it out of the package. You just throw the actual package on the floor and say, there, I'm camping. Right. If they have suspended room service at 10 o'clock, that's roughing it, because that means there's no way I'm getting a turkey club at 1030. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So that's which is it. why you have the mini fridge so that you can store up earlier for the for the midnight raid on the fridge. You know me better I, I, than I realized. Yes. I, I'm supposed to be on vacation right now, and I, I it's uh, some of this falls on me. Some of this, some of it is my fault. Uh, my my wife told me five or six times that we had vacation this week, and she <laughs> and she put it on the calendar as well. Uh, and I guess I just didn't listen or read. And uh, all of a sudden the other day, it's like, oh, we're going on vacation Monday. I said, can we make it Tuesday? <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we had to ask for the fridge in the room. I said, well, I have to eat at midnight. I have to eat at midnight. Yeah. So, uh, and by yeah. the way, we have a calendar that starts on Monday. Oh, good. My I, I like requested as a gift. It's a calendar that goes Monday through Sunday. First day of the week is Monday on the wall. Okay. I like that. They exist. Yeah. Y- yeah. They're, so lots of things happened over the weekend. One thing that caught my attention was on one of those neighborhood websites where you can make contributions to what's going on in the neighborhood. And one yeah. of the neighbors in the neighborhood, that's not a person I know, just sent out a warning, lock your doors, set your alarm, uh, set your house alarms when you're not home. And at night, we forgot to lock the truck in our driveway last night. Opportunists use the opener to get into our garage and go through our cars. I just thought the word opportunists was interesting. I used to, th- I always think of them as thieves and criminals. Uh, people that take stuff that doesn't belong to them. That, we used to call them that. We so used to call just... them thieves. Thou shalt yeah. not steal. 
So now when, when that case goes to eventual court, do they say, uh, Your Honor? <laughs> I mean, the truck was unlocked. So uh, who can fault me for opening the truck, then taking the garage door opener, opening the garage door, going in the house, and grabbing a few items? I'm Obviously, just... this falls on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was simply oh, being an opportunist. Simply being an opportunist. I worry about that stuff because I, I had a, a, a similar thing. Uh, somebody, as you know, I, I have a couple of banjos. These are not um, inexpensive instruments, and but they're kept down in the basement. But you make them sound cheap. I make them sound cheap, and that, that doesn't come easy. Uh, but uh, I think somebody had broken into the house because uh, one day I come home, and I come down to the basement where I keep the two banjos, and now there are four. So <laughs> I, th I think those were opportunists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's one way to grow your banjo collection. Just leave the door open, and and people will come by. Yeah, it does concern me though when we take sinful behavior and we find more convenient terms to use that instead of what they truly are. I mean, we've yeah. medical we've medicalized all kinds of sin, so. You're not uh, immoral anymore. You are a person with a, a sex addiction. Not your fault. You can't help it. Uh, except, well, they do have programs. Uh, so I guess you can help it if you want to. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny. You had sent me a, a, or no, did I send, you sent me this video clip of Billy Graham on The Tonight Show many, yes. many moons ago. 73. 73. And, of course, the first thing that struck me is that uh, somebody of his stature being on, you know, the, the number one show, you would never see a, a uh, an evangelist like Billy Graham on a mainstream talk show like a Tonight Show. Not, not today. Not today. No. But uh, he and Johnny were having an exchange, uh, and, and, and Johnny admits to, he said, I'd, I'd have a hard time with the Ten Commandments. I'd probably forget one or two. And, and Billy Graham, I loved his response. He said, it should be pretty easy. We've, we've all broken all of them. I, I, he says, That's, uh, you know, it's easy to remember them because you've broken them all. Just think about everything you've done, and that's probably breaking a commandment somewhere. And it, it just coming from the mouth of Billy Graham, uh, you thought, gosh— I think he's got that right. And but now we instead of trying to, you know, walk closer with God, we try to distance ourselves a little more saying, you know, that's just uh, that 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 wasn't stealing. I was just taking advantage of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like the, you know, this weakening of the language. I don't like it. Yeah. Wasn't there someone that had their laptop stolen or something, Patrick, and you were I think this we've already talked about this and how it was classified. It was it was some kind of inventory loss or something. Do you remember that? Did you tell me that, or did I tell you that, and I've forgotten already? I don't know if anybody told anybody that one. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I, no, but I don't. I don't recall it. But that's that sounds. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny how like a grocery store, of course, factored into the pricing of every item that hits the shelves are the ones that are removed illegally from the shelves that they have to account for. It's been that way since the beginning of time. But it's funny how you have to. Now, formulate your business plan around how much does it cost to make the product and then how much does it cost to run the store and have employees. And now we have to factor in theft. Uh, it, it, all depend, it all depends on where you live, too, because there is a rule in San Francisco now where if you steal less than $950 of merchandise from Walgreens or any store, you're not prosecuted. Yeah. I, 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 how could that possibly go wrong, Right. Right. <laughs> 
So you've, you've, you, like me, have probably seen dozens of these videos of people walking in and just grabbing a bag full of stuff off the shelves, knowing that the security guard, I don't even know why you have a security guard. <laughs> right. If he, right. So I don't, what do you do here? You uh, hold the well, door just, as they're leaving. I hold the, I help this guy. I don't want anyone to get injured on the way out because those bags get heavy, uh, full of the merchandise. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think I was reading that in the San Francisco area, 17 Walgreens have now closed their doors because they can't afford to do business there. Mm -hmm. And people, there's an outcry, of course. And was the outcry because the, the law had been changed where you're not going to prosecute anybody who steals under $950? No, no, that's not the outcry. The outcry is how dare you close your business? Why, what's wrong with you guys? You know, so uh, it was Walgreens' fault for closing their business, not that they they can't operate a profitable business here if they're just going to let people come in and steal all their merchandise. I mean, how much could you lose in a day? Not a lot. Yeah. And some of these places operate, it's a pretty thin margin. Um, you know, I, I remember after the L.A. riots uh, that I lived through many moons ago. Again, I'm doing many moons. I keep doing the many moons. Yeah, enough, enough already but, with the many moons. Enough with the many moons. But... Uh, yeah, they were having a hard time getting businesses to rebuild in the area because, A, a lot of them were afraid to take the risk that another event like that could happen. And, B, they couldn't get insurance. So if you have an insurance company, you know, you have a business, you want to insure it. If an insurance company says, well, fine, we'll cover you for all kinds of things. But if somebody comes and burns this thing down because of dissatisfaction with an outcome of something, we're not covering that. You might not take the risk and open a business. Yeah. There. Good point. And I I wonder if that'll happen. Like in Minneapolis, you'll have a lot of those areas with the burned out businesses. Will people take a risk and go back? That's a great question. You know, I've not even driven down that road that all those businesses burned on. I, I should really go look at it myself. Uh, I would worry that uh, it just might not be a feasible business proposition for people just out of fear, and then that just hurts that neighborhood so much. Because I remember that neighborhood. It was really springing back to be something kind of fun and yeah, cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I just don't want to go down that road and end up being like Chevy Chase on vacation. Roll them up. Yeah, roll them up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, see the blight. Here's the blight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Patrick, well, let me take a short break. And when I mean short, the usual 90 seconds. And when we come back, mm -hmm. I want to chat with a couple about a couple of things with you. Uh, Ruth Graham is going to be my guest at five. She wrote this book called Transforming Loneliness. And there's such a, a disconnect that people have today. And yet, on the other side of the coin, there's so many people begging for affirmation as well. And we see that all the time with our, our friends and colleagues on on the uh, Internet, on social media. They're, they're so mm -hmm. desperate to be noticed. And I think that's part of what social media has done is brought out uh, the ego in people to an almost sickening degree. But we'll, uh, we'll be right back with more of Patrick Albanese in just a minute. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That is the theme song to my friend Patrick Albanese. Our discussions on Mondays are more fun than an all-bacon sandwich. And 
I would even <laughs> suggest that we go in this new direction, Patrick, and not talk about anything that we've just talked about, because I think we're on a new topic, and that is some of the thoughts I've had over this book, Transforming Loneliness, I've been looking at. Uh, Ruth Graham wrote it. She's on my show today at 5. But she was talking about uh, the feelings of loneliness, feeling unable to connect physically or emotionally with anyone, feeling disconnected from others, feeling that there is no one who cares, feeling as though no one wants to be with you, feeling discontent, feeling left out, fearing you will always feel this way. And I know from COVID in particular, the feeling of loneliness has uh, ravaged the uh, the world and people who are normally shut-ins have even become more shut-ins. Yeah. Oh, first of all, uh, you did have me at bacon sandwich. Oh, good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that, uh, you, you know, I, I, I find that, you know, you, being, you know, who I am, I, I grew up in a big family with, you know, it was like we couldn't, all of the kids couldn't wait to get out of the house and get our own place. And so and you were you only nine at means, the time. I was only nine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, well, I had it, you know, I was given the alternative, you know, yeah, it's here or, you know, you're sharing bedrooms with, you know, two brothers, you know, for, for a period of my life, there's three of us sleeping in one bedroom. It's, it's not exactly, you know, so you get older and you say, I want to be out on my own. And then you realize that you crave interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. You just, and I do think most people are like that. I know there's, you know, there are some people that. Uh, you know, maybe they're shy and quiet, but they still enjoy some, you know, uh, intimacy with a, a few choice close friends. And COVID sh- shut us all down and, and the phone calls didn't do it. It, it was amazing mm. how it's like, yeah, it's not replacing that face to face cup of coffee and just being able to read each other's faces, mm-hmm. and, you know, and just see each other. It was uh, a huge uh, I think a, a huge wake-up call. I don't know if everybody got it, though. I think, uh, you know, some people got more closed off. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I see social media and I say, oh, gosh, social media, which I was never uh, enamored with, I think it didn't get better. You would think that people that have taken this time being shut in and stuck with their own feelings to say, I'm going to reach out and be nice to my friends because I want to cherish these friendships. And then when things open up, I want to get together with these friends. And instead we went the other way. Mm-hmm. We seem to get a little bit meaner toward each other, which is going to exasperate, exacerbate. That's a hard word. That's a toughie. That, yeah. That loneliness problem. Mm-hmm. And you remember the old saying, in order to uh, have a good friend, you need to be a good friend. Yes. And as much yes. as I feel terrible for people who feel disconnected from others and all of that, and they feel possibly that no one wants to be with them. Well, I know a, a step forward that there's people that will want to be with you. You just have to sometimes take that uncomfortable first step. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I wish I were even, I wish I were better at it. Well, you're uh, a great friend. But, you're a great friend. So. Yeah, uh, but I, I wish I did more of the pick up the phone every now and then. And either call somebody I haven't spoken to in a while, because sometimes more time elapses than, you know, you wish. Uh, But also, here's the one. Hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's go grab a lunch. Let's Mm -hmm. actually get together in person. And, uh, you know, I've I've been getting better at it. And I have a a friend here that, um, you know, I'd say about every five, six weeks. It's like, let's just go get something to kind of catch up on what's going on. 
And it, they're delightful times. Yeah. And I, and I almost kick myself each time that I do it. And I say, I almost didn't let this happen. I almost didn't let it happen mm -hmm. because I was sort of what lazy. I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, and it's not like that much of a risk to contact a friend and say, you want to grab a bite to eat? And if they were, you know, what are they going to say? No, I never want yeah. to see you again. Mm -hmm. you know? Another thing I try to do almost all the time is after I order and the table orders and the waitress has walked away, I always say, how about we pray right now? Who's, who's got a request on their plate and, you know, let's bless the meal. Because I always think it's nice to make that the, one of the center points of a gathering is to say, let's pray way in advance of the food coming. Because sometimes the food comes and the, the waiter is trying to bring you last minute items and everyone's praying and there's that awkward time and you're trying to race through it. I always say, let's get their order yeah. and then have that nice time of prayer where we just, we just pray for a couple of minutes and just well, make plus it the I've center also... point. Uh, I've also seen you when you're really hungry and the f and the plate goes down. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good idea to interrupt you, at <laughs> <laughs> or to suggest that we delay with an extra long prayer. That's not a good idea. Yeah. I still don't know how you were able to do do that with a rubber fork and knife because <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous sometimes being around. No, I, that's a great idea. You know, it's, it's, you know how sometimes uh, people will, it could be on a social media thing or just, it could be an email circulating around saying, Hey, uh, if you got a chance, say a prayer for my friend who's going through a really tough time. And I can think of no better time than that exact moment. I know. And I have caught myself, I don't know how many times saying, I, I must remember to pray for, for Joe. And you, you go, why not right now? Yeah. This, this won't actually take long. Right. This, this this is, you know, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, the entire Hobbit series. <laughs> it's uh, It can be a very simple, uh, hey, God, uh, just keep enjoying my prayers. Well, even if you're having lunch with a friend, if they're a believer, all you say would be, you know, I want to bless the food, and I also want to pray for Joe, a friend of mine who's going through some tough times. Do you have anybody in your camp you want to, you want to, you want me to pray for? I mean, just, it's a nice moment. It, it is a nice moment, and uh, it, it sometimes I've caught myself letting it start to escape me mm -hmm. because I, go, I have no idea why I'm, you know, delaying this. It, it's this will take, I can take twenty, thirty seconds right now and offer up a prayer. Yeah, and just so you know, Patrick, this idea is patent pending. So if you start doing it, I do get some kind of royalty. I understand that. It's on a graduated scale, though. I think over time, don't you eventually lose the patent? I eventually do, but for now, I'm. Yeah. you do owe me something. So. Full ownership. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Well, I, I've been using, just so you know, the generic version. So. <laughs> just to try to avoid paying? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I have to tell you, you know, during COVID, remember when they were telling you to to, to wash your hands and, and to know you were doing it long enough, you had to sing happy birthday two mm -hmm. times? Yeah. The royalty checks. I oh. was writing those things left and right. <laughs> yeah, that's a rich that was, person right now. Yeah, I think I come to think of it. That's the guy who says, you know what? Here's how you know COVID. Sing happy birthday. Send me a check. <laughs> Which, that took a while. Yeah. I, I love the topic of loneliness. And you know, it's amazing in a time that we live that we are more connected than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. And we are more connected to more people. Uh, you know, if you in people will look at their... In theory, yes. right? You go, wow, I have 1,272 friends on Facebook. 
<laughs> and if you know, and if you handed me a pen and a paper, it could probably be a post-it note and say, list some of those friends. It's oh, oh, uh, let me hear this number eight, number nine. You say, okay, so I have these twelve hundred and seventy-two friends. How can I be so lonely when I have so many friends? Yeah. And you say, well, you know, remember when you were young and, you know, grandpa would say things like, get that out of the icebox. Grandpa always called it an icebox. I didn't realize that when grandpa was a kid, they put ice in that thing. (laughs) But he'd say, you know, if you have a handful of very close friends, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. And I look at that now, that seems so silly back then, but I go, this is the greatest advice ever because good, deep friendships, they take a while and they have to be cultivated and nurtured and, uh, and, and they have to grow and they require attention. And you could not do that with 1,272 people. Yeah. I think there was a New York writer who had on Facebook, I think like 800 friends. So he finally decided one Friday night to reserve, to reserve a back room uh, at this restaurant and say, all of my friends, all my contacts are welcome to drop by for a party from 8 to midnight. And he said three people showed up. He forgot to type in, and it's on me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But so you have a lot of people in theory, but not in reality. And if you have close friends, and you're fantastic about this, if I ever call you, you either always pick up and say, I'll get right back to you, or you call me back in five minutes. It always makes me feel important. Yeah, as you know, I have, uh, and I think you do the same thing in my smartphone, which is smarter than most people, uh, myself included. I have prepackaged messages that can say, "I'm too busy to talk to you right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll get back to you in a couple of minutes." Uh, and my favorite, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And um, but the, the word "smart" it, is definitely being overused today. I think you and I will both agree to this. Uh, the thing that bothers me the most is the smart chicken. And I'm thinking if it's that smart, it wouldn't be under the cellophane, right? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was up smart. Well, it was, you know how there are, there's book learning? <laughs> right. And there's street, street smarts. That was a chicken that had book learning. That's right. But I mean, yeah, you got smart smarts. water, there's smart phones, there's smart everything. I think the word smart is, is not as powerful and, as it used to be. Yeah. And, you know, back when we were kids, all we had were smarties, which were tasty. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I think it is overused. Like the word amazing is overused. And unprecedented. Yes. Stop it with that word. Enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, is that enough? Is that enough minutia for one day? Well, I I will add this one thing because we we were off last week because of the holiday. Um, And I was, I I, I partook of a 30-day diet. And I want you, the listeners, to know that I completed it in five days. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Have a great vacation with your family. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Patrick Albanese has been my guest as we get Monday started. I hope you're uh, with me for the whole two hours. We're going to be joined by the Monday afternoon mix. Coming up next, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. All on board. Be right back.
It is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. and the team, we're all here, except for David's not here. He's. Um, I am here. Well, you're here, but not here, here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're on your way to the Boundary Waters, is that correct, David? Correct, though. And Rosie, we're uh, actually heading up to the Boundary Waters uh, to spend some wonderful time in God's creation and get an opportunity to go with my oldest son, DJ, and my son, Jackson, who went with last year. Uh, a friend of ours, Bill Bogle, meet godly man, uh, taught at Champlain Park High School. His dad, Pete, who's 82 years old, and last year was portaging a 54-pound fiberglass canoe with a pack. And uh, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> now, David, I don't know if I need to tell you this, but you get up into the Boundary Waters, and they have mosquitoes that they're the size of chihuahuas. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, do you have some mosquito netting? I do, and I have earplugs because last year, uh, and and they like me, and uh, <laughs> oh, no. actually, they, they adore me. And um, you know, when when I start to drive up, I you know, I, I think I might have got a postcard, uh, you know. Last week, looking forward to seeing you and getting into know you and mosquitoes. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, on top of it, they're thoughtful, so that's nice. But um, it is time uh, that time of year where you are wise as a teacher and a pastor to get away into the woods and to uh, get in tune with nature and get alone with God and spend some quality time with your family and friends. And I'm all in favor of it. I'm just glad you're doing it and not me. <laughs> I have to have a cabin. I David, too. seriously, like my husband went and did that and he was telling me and he was all grimy and gross and like so full of life. And I looked at him and I went, no shower, huh? He's like, oh, no, we had the lakes. And I'm like, yeah, but no shower. Yeah. That's, I couldn't get over that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, more, yeah. Of a, I'm more of an indoorsy yeah, guy. Jaden had yeah, a, a moment with that because he was like, you know, so uh, are you, you guys going to you know take showers? And it's like, well, buddy, we'll be up there and we're in the lakes and we'll be in and out of the water. And he's like, but but you're going to take a shower, right? And we're like, well, we'll be in and out of the lake, you know. And so, which might not be, you know, a great thing because some, sometimes he, he isn't always excited before he actually gets into the bath water to enjoy it that he wants to take a bath. And I could see um, him telling Tammy, well, Mommy, you know, DJ and Jackson went to the Boundary Waters. They didn't shower for over a week. So, like, that, I can I can do that, too. Hmm. <laughs> it you doesn't know, translate to home, though. Yeah. I don't know how the Monday afternoon mix goes from what we normally talk about to the bathing habits of David's kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to hear about anybody else's bathing habits on this call. I kind of don't either. Yeah. Can we, I, just, like, I, can we just stop it here? I think we cut it off right here. <laughs> but I do want to talk about Psalm 71 today. So, David, why don't we jump in? Oh, Bill, wonderful passage. And as you know, uh, we love just digging into God's Word here on Monday afternoons. And so Psalm 71, it, it, it opens with the psalmist uh, talking to the Lord and saying, in you, O Lord, I take refuge. Never let me be put to, put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. And he, he's talking about God being a refuge and one who was saved, asking that as he gets older in years, to not first, that, that God would not forsake him or be far off. And one of the, the fascinating things, because Psalms, you know, what's beautiful about the Psalms, because there's, there's a number of lament ones, is the ability to cry out to the Lord, but they still come back to trusting God. 
And, and that's a part of our Christian walk as well, you know, that, that we can cry out to the Lord and even in angst and still come back and, and trust in God. And so in verse 14, it opens with this. After he's crying out to the Lord, he says, But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. And listen, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me. And listen, guys, this is interesting for the reason why. Until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come, your righteousness, O God, reaches to the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you. And that's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I love that. Um, Each verse is packed with a little bit of encouragement and hope. And that's what I love about Psalm 71 so far. Yeah, so Bill, one of the things that, as I was reading this, and, and I like to annotate in my Bible and when I was reading this the other day, uh, it was verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their numbers past my knowledge. And I, and I wrote in verse 15, and, and I pondered of all the ways, even like what we're doing right now, of all the things that the enemy and accuser of our soul could have us wrapped up into, it would not be Jesus and all the things that he would have loved to have taken us out with that literally he had to pass over like Exodus uh, 12 pass over because the blood of Jesus. And, and what, what made me think about this was all the various ways that we, we see in life, God's deliverance, his work, his wisdom, his guidance that he gives us. But in this passage, it, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. And I was sitting there thinking of the many ways that we don't see how God has protected us and, and, and watches over us. Uh, my, my assistant, uh, Caitlin, uh, her husband is in the military, and we were talking about this as, as a life group leadership uh, core team. And I said, you know, Caitlin, you're going to understand this really well because in the military there's a term saying, I got your six. Well, six is behind you what you can't see. And so 12 o'clock in front to your left is 9 o'clock to your right is 3 o'clock, but your six you can't see. And, guys, all the ways that God has had our six that we've never seen and noticed, and, and, and when we get to heaven and see just his hand of protection and providence over us, We'll be all the more amazed. I think. I think also it's. Um, it begs us to be thankful in the situations that aren't so favorable. So not only the ones that we don't know that he that he's prevented for us, but also those ones that really test us and where, you know, as James says, be thankful and joyful in all things. And so yeah. his sovereignty that he would even have sometimes when when things come through his blood or when he when you know our our difficulties are allowed if you if you will that we are to he's sovereign in those points too and I love this psalm because it's saying in everything in everything right. I am going to proclaim your name 
Yeah, and, and, and Rosie, you're right on about that. And, and it, you know, one of the things when we think about God being around us, you know, Psalm 3, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. And it's a wonderful verse, but chapter 3 opens with, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. And it says, Selah, which is a pause. So, like, the weight of that, like you're saying, that there's times that we're going through trials and tribulation, and there's actual attack, and, and, and God's presence with and around us in, in that moment. That's so good. And speaking of, I've got your six. I love that expression, by the way. I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. David, talk about uh, one of those uh, near disastrous experiences you had as early as what, yesterday or was it today? Uh, or- it was yesterday. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I, um, it, it wasn't until like, I was sitting down and, and, and recounting and, and actually having a meeting with a guy named Jeff Lesko. He's our new creative arts director at, at the New Hope Church where I serve. And, uh, and he wanted to have some sit down with each of the staff and we're, we're, we're talking and what had happened just hours earlier was I was driving down I-35 south of downtown and I was heading north to another meeting. And, and as I was driving, there's construction going on right now. And I was on the phone with my assistant. I was talking with her and all of a sudden, you know, I'm checking my mirrors and looking at stuff because that's typically what I do to kind of just kind of get a bearing. And there's a tractor trailer that comes around this kind of like the little curve that they have from the, the construction and dude is flying. And I literally say out loud, I said, he's not slowing down. Does he not see? And so I turned my car to the right because I was at a point that was after the exit. It might've been 33rd or the 33rd and 35th one where people can get on the north. But that's where I was at. And when I, I was able to turn into that, into those, those, uh, those canisters, those buckets. And when I'm looking at my rear view, I can see the, the truck kind of skipping as, as he's bearing down. Well, I turn in, and there's, like, smoke, and dude flies right by me. Like, he flies right by. And, and, and God's goodness, <laughs> number one, as I, as I was recounting this later, that I wasn't at a point where on my right was just the, the, the concrete barricades. You know, uh, I was actually at a place where I could turn in, and I said to Caitlin, I said, wow, Caitlin, that, that, because she even, like, heard it. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, you know, you, you're about to be my last conversation. Hmm. Oh, my um, goodness. And, and, so, and, and so that reality, and, like, you know, we talk about that, and, and even as people are driving home today as you're listening to this, uh, Rosie referenced James earlier. Uh, James chapter four says, you know, you say who you're going to, you're going to go to this city and that city and do business. Do you not know that your life is but a mist? Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will. And, and guys, yesterday I had in my, my planner meeting here, drive to this meeting, finish that meeting, drive to this. And it was on that second one. And, and, um, you know, uh, what, what I had planned and what almost happened um, was was two different things. Well, David, I'm so glad we're 
we're having this show right now and, and that that didn't happen, my goodness. And also, you're, um, I'm getting a little conviction of the Holy Spirit because there was a, a mentor woman of mine early on in my walk with the Lord, and she would always say, God willing, God willing, God willing. And now I say it all the time, too, because of the significance of, of what you just said. God willing, we make our next appointment. God willing, what we know of today stays this way. And, and God willing, his, the beauty of it is, is that his will will sustain us regardless of what the next moment holds. That's the beauty right. of God willing. Yeah, that, that is truly, you know, truly a beautiful thing. And, and one of the things, you know, Bill, even as we talk about this, you know, your interaction and communication, even your life experience of things, you know, you have many things that you can testify to how God's goodness and his watching over and even things not seen. And, you know, as you're, as you're listening, what are some things that come to mind for you? Well, when I think of God's providence and sovereignty over my life, I, I can never quite know what the, the six were where he was watching me because I have a feeling there's been times I have uh, gone through intersections or I've, or I've, uh, been on the street at night where God sovereignly protected me and I was completely unaware of what he did uh, to, to guide and lead me and protect me. So I can say with certainty, I know when we get to heaven, there might be a whole bunch of uh, things to review in our life where, oh, I can't believe what could have happened to me in that moment, yet once again you were there protecting me. And yeah. so I, I love that... Um, Verse in 14, David and Rosie, where it says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. So what I'm getting out of this is the more and more part. And that's kind of my marching orders today is to say, can I praise and will I praise him more and more today? Right. And and being attentive to the moment, because even as you're you're sharing about this, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sitting you know, outside right now with my son, DJ, you know, and he's, uh, he's graduated and he's going to college. And, and the reality is you're talking about that bill, the reality of how he, he could have not been here and how, um, when, when I lived in Fargo and I was uh, doing marketplace ministry was, was working in the market because life is ministry, whether it's vocationally in the church or in the marketplace or in the neighborhood, our life is ministry. And I want people to hear that. I don't want people to think that ministry is just something in the church, you know. And so I was in a marketplace ministry and I was in Fargo, North Dakota, and I was on the way to my office off of uh, South 25th Street. And I was coming up to an intersection that had like, uh, like these, these buildings to it. And as I was coming up to the intersection, the light was green. The light was green. It had just turned green, and it was green for me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, stop. Mm. And I put on my brakes, and no drug, a service truck hit, had blew the light. Oh, wow. And, 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 and this is not to say, like, oh, hey, you know, the Lord's talking to Pastor David. It, uh, it's, 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 it's a reminder for us to be immediate listeners and daily be looking uh, to hear his voice and asking for his guidance. And, and as my wife said, my wife would sometimes say, you know, being a first-time listener, 
you know, um, and, and, and being attentive to the nudges that God gives us. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of that. You know, Bill, one thing is, is this passage goes on. Um, it says, you know, my mouth will tell you a righteous act of your deeds of salvation all the day long. Their numbers pass my knowledge. And we'll come back to that. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We'll take a short break and we'll continue our discussion in Psalm 71. It's an amazing psalm. Get to your Bible, open it up, check it out. We'll be right back. Monday afternoon mix, Pastor David Miles, although he is on his cell phone heading into the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota, although the uh, reception is not the best, the message is all there. We're glad to have him uh, with us today, and uh, we're talking about Psalm 71. And David, as I look a little bit further down the passage, it says, "...though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again." From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. Boy, is that encouraging. That, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a number of people who can, who, who can uh, resonate and say, uh, right now I'm, I'm actually feeling like I'm still in trouble yes. and calamity. Uh, you, know, you know that saying, people say, either you're coming out of a trial you're currently in a trial, or are you sure enough about to go into one? Right. So whatever state you're in, uh, God's Word, and even what we're talking about today uh, from His Word, is applicable to you where you're at. Yeah, and difficulties, of course, not a matter of if, just a matter of when. So your point's so well taken. So what we do every day is get up and fill our minds with God's truth and speak truth into our hearts so we can go out and feel equipped to not only give God the glory in everything we do, but to praise Him more and more each day. Where it says again in verse 14, as for me, I will always have hope. I just think that's such a strong message on a, on a Monday here at the Monday Afternoon Mix to let people know as they go out throughout their week, you have hope. You know, Bill yeah. and David, one of the things um, when I first came to Christ that I loved so much about Him was His honesty and His clarity. I know we say clarity around here a lot, but his clarity on who he is and what our journey would be in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. And to your point, Bill of hope, I have overcome the world and it's this tension, right? It's, it's delicious almost about when we're in difficult times, he's there. We're going to find out one day, you know, all the times he's had our, our backs that we didn't go through the things that could have taken place. We sit by our friends where they did go through things. And, you know, it's this yeah. kind of revolving door. And yet the consistency is his faithfulness. And that's the hope we have. Not that it's going to be perfect. 
but that he's going to be with us regardless. You know, Rosie, that's spot on, both of you guys. And, and one of the hopes that we have is the forgiveness and the work uh, and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in this, in this psalm, we, we see how the psalmist can have hope. You know, back in verse 1, In you, O Lord, I do take refuge. Never let me be put to shame. In your righteousness, he says. And then going back down to verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts. Mm-hmm. And even more beautiful is when you get to verse 16. And, and this is part of, like, Bill, what you were saying earlier, uh, getting in God's word. Part of the reason why we hope is that, is that we can look back at the ways that God has been at work in, his li- in, in our lives and that he's faithful today and he'll be faithful in the future. So verse 16 says, with the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. And so we have hope in Christ, not because we're righteous, uh, not going to church and, you know, we're, we're kind of doing all these various things in our strength. No, no, we have hope because Jesus as the perfect one has, as, as, as the 521, for God made him who had no sin to be sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. And, 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 that, and we, have, we have great hope because of that reality in Jesus. Rosie, isn't it interesting how we will always need to take our small picture and put it into God's big picture? Because right? if we sit and think about ourselves and focus on ourselves, we're going to get uh, derailed pretty quickly. I know. And you and I were just talking about this before David came on about being overwhelmed by the world and our own scenarios. And I think, David, I think what the psalmist is talking about here is that we're supposed to get to that 30,000 foot view. Like if, you know, God hears the petitions of our heart, of course he does. I think though, he's also saying, but now, you know, go a little bigger. Can you multiply that prayer to all the people who may have a prodigal? Can you multiply that prayer to all the people who may be suffering afflictions of whatever you're going through? And so I feel like the psalmist is taking us to a 30,000 foot view. Otherwise we get so down in the, the muck of our own lives and our own scenarios that it's very difficult to look up when things get so right. heavy. And, and Rosie, you know, I feel like you just have segue right into verse 19, where it says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you. And so getting God's perspective, and what I, what I, what's so fascinating about this passage is, is verse 17 and verse 18. You know, it says, O God, from my youth you have taught me. And I still proclaim your wondrous deed. And I wrote next to that, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, and I want to give an encouragement, um, because even in the midst of trials and tribulations and things like that, I, I want to give an encouragement to those individuals, uh, because sometimes we'll, we'll hear testimonies, and sometimes they're like, you know, real dramatic testimonies and, and just wonderful ways that God has worked. And I've, I've heard kids sometimes, and even my students at Northwestern, uh, and people at New Hope Church and even leaders, and they're like, you know, well, I grew up in a Christian home, and, you know, my parents, you know, they prayed with me when I was five, and, you know, I guess I'm just a Christian. And, and I want to just give an encouragement to people uh, in the ways that God taught you from your youth 
and allowed you to proclaim his wondrous deeds and the fact that we all need his righteousness, that every one of us needs him. And, and that's such a beautiful part of this, this passage. And, and, and so the psalmist, he starts with this youth, verse 18, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. And I love, listen, listen to this reason. Rosie, this is spot on about what you were just saying. Until I proclaim your might to another generation, right. your power to all those to come. And, and it's like, he's like, let, let, let me who have seen you move and work, uh, in, don't forsake me so that I, I, I can tell people of, of your wondrous deeds, the ways that you, you moved, the ways that you protected me, and the ways I'm sure you protected me that, that, that I haven't seen. And Lord, Lord Jesus, for our brothers and sisters who are listening to this right now, and you're in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, and you're thinking, what do I have to say? God wants to use you in this way to proclaim his might to another generation. Amen. David, have a great time in the Boundary Waters. We'll see you in a week. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. That wraps up the Monday Afternoon Mix. We'll take a short break and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.